coming to you from six feet under Toledo, Ohio. It's the 222 Paranormal Podcast starring your host, the one and only, the Tower of Power, the man of the hour, Joe and his sister, Jen. Bye. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. What is up? Lots of, lots of, lots of, lots yeah. of, oh, lots of driving. <laughs> <laughs> lots of commuting. Um, how's everybody's week been? Have you had any paranormal activity in your house if you have, put it on our Facebook page. I know. Come on. We need to hear some ghost stories. Yes. Post them on our Facebook page. And if you haven't done so yet, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, yes, please hit that subscribe button. Yes, for sure. That lets Give you know. Give us a thumbs up or a comment or something. When the new episode comes out, you'll be alerted and you will know because we have got some awesome shows coming up. Yeah. So. Really, really awesome. Well, I think this one's going to be... <laughs> Pretty darn good, Joe. So what draw drew you to this topic, the House of Wills? Okay, so, you know, living in Ohio, from the time we were little kids, we've heard of this. So this mm-hmm. is a legend in the state of Ohio and across the United States. It's one of the most haunted, paranormal, scary <laughs> giant paranormal hotspots in all of um, Ohio and most of the U.S. I don't know. Would you rank this in the top five? I don't know. Haunted places in the United States. don't know because there's so many. There are. I mean, this place is definitely haunted. It is in Cleveland, Ohio. It is in a very bad part of town. The hood. So don't think you're just going to drive Please yeah. don't just drive yeah. there and check it out. It's not a place that you can, oh, let's just swing by and drive by. The neighborhood is literally, you know, crime ridden and it you are literally risking your life yeah. if you go into this neighborhood. I've so heard just of be careful. paranormal investigators doing investigations there and hearing gunshots and um, even the owner was, they said that the owner was uh, almost ran out of there mm-hmm. because they didn't want him there. Yeah. You know, and we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, it is. It it just don't. You think if you're just going to go and check it out and stand around it, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just you know, your safety is. We don't want to be on the other side too soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But what do you think about that though? I mean, it's the. So let's go over a little bit of history of the building first. Sure. Before we get before we dig deep into it. Right dig deep into the graves of the building. Uh, bum, bum. So in 1855 to 1860, somewhere in that time frame, that's when the actual construction started. It was built um, as a Masonic temple. Now they claim it was 1905, but there is records going back further than that. So, you know, like any old building, it, there's, you know, things that are added and, and um, constructed and, mm-hmm. and added on to. And, and it was built by a six-degree mason. He designed it and built it right. as a temple. As a temple. Yeah. The weird part of this is, you know, I don't know if anybody's been in Masonic. You've been in a Masonic temple. You've been mm-hmm. in Detroit. Masonic. Which is for sale, by the way. Yeah, you guys. Nine million dollars, you could own that. That it is... It is an unbelievable it's building. ginormous. There are giant ballrooms in there. Mm-hmm. There are 
rooms where they did their ceremonies, ceremonies mm-hmm. like five or six of them that I've been in. But the thing that blew my mind, and the place is full of stuffed goats and stuff, but what blew my mind is you walk down this little hallway, and I'm talking little, like maybe three feet wide. It's so out of place, but you walk down this little hallway, and all of a sudden it opens up into this ballroom that is the biggest ballroom I've ever seen. Wow. It is like a modern showcase or like, like a concert hall or? conventions and stuff. Yeah. Okay. But it's got big pillars and giant tables and dance floor and just, oh, it's beautiful. Incredible. So when the gentleman was constructing this because of his affiliation with the Masons and, and making a Masonic temple, it was said that he built this to harness the energy that comes in and out mm-hmm. of that building. So it's not surprising with some, the one in Detroit, having that, you know, hallway that's mm-hmm. narrow. It's almost like funneling yeah. the energy and opening up into, mm-hmm. you know, this big area or room that you have huge celebrations in or whatever ceremonies. But this particular building is, as of right now, over 50,000 square feet. It's massive. Mm -hmm. And anybody who had had the chance to investigate in there said it's just, it's ginormous, right? What is it? They say four main floors and then... Four floors. Four floors plus the sub-basement. A basement and the sub-basement. Yeah, Yeah, there's a basement for the basement, (laughs) (laughs) which we experienced in... um, uh, Mansfield. Yeah, Mansfield. Mm -hmm. We did not know that there was a basement of the basement, and we got to go in there, and it was really, really interesting. They asked us to do an interview, and we're like, okay. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to have you on our show, on you know, record for our show. And we're like, okay. And it's video. We're like, yeah, we're Okay. So they're like, go down the basement. We went down the basement. And they're like, now go down the other one. We're like, what? One other one. Uh, crazy. Mm-hmm. But it was the Masonic Temple for many years, probably like 20 years. Yeah. Then it became the German Social Club. And it had a German name and I couldn't pronounce it. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to put you guys through that. <laughs> Me mispronouncing something. Um, but uh, again, for they said 15 to 20 years. That area was predominantly German, and I think they said Irish at the time. Okay. And so, you know, it would have been used for socializing, drinking, weddings, you know, any type of, you know, German community Mm -hmm. type um, activities, whether it was, you know, they would have like their own little Oktoberfest or whatever it was at the time. From that... Going into the 20s, it became a speakeasy. So it kind of just flowed from being a social club, a drinking club into, you know, when Prohibition came about, which in this area, and if you guys aren't, you know, familiar with Prohibition in the Detroit, Toledo and Cleveland area, because we were on Lake Erie there and so close to Canada, there was so much booze being run mm-hmm. um, in and throughout these areas. They would funnel it from Canada to Detroit, Toledo, Cleveland, and up into, you know, New York area, you know, gambling, liquor, prostitution, murders, killing, um, you know, all kinds of gangster activity. There, there was, um, reported, you know, gangsters who 
housed or, or you know, hold up in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you can think of anything. So they were probably, you know, taking care of business as a gangster Any, would. <laughs> anything you could imagine. A lot of things you probably couldn't imagine. Right. Exactly. After that, and that era was, you know, entered out, it was a, became a hospital for Hungarian immigrants. So, you know, it, interesting the history if you look back in the history of like a major city like a Mm -hmm. cleveland you know back in the day your immigrants would settle in one area and so you know maybe the germans had moved out and the hungarians moved in um so uh now it's so blended you know like Mm -hmm. the area everything is just blended you we really don't have that we used to here in toledo have like the polish neighborhood and the irish neighborhood and the germans and now everything's just blended, right? Mm-hmm. You, they, there's still people who try to preserve that, and then we have all these really fun festivals in Toledo. We have everything from the African American festival. We have the Irish festivals. We have Hungarian festival. Yeah. We have the Polish. What, they, what is that called? Um, the one that goes on the um, the Moulin Rouge. Oh no, I can't think oh. of it. It's the one they close the streets off, and they have I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> the or Old West End festival yeah. is kind of like that. So anyways, I digress um, back to the the uh, House of Wills. So, you know, from there, once it stopped being the hospital, then this gentleman came in mm-hmm. and his name was Mr. Wills. Yeah. Jay. Think about this. The way the building is set up for the Masonic Temple mm-hmm. to have, have it as a hospital. I wonder how they did that because it didn't have a bunch of little rooms. It was all big rooms. Mm-hmm. So they must have been wards, but I guess they just use it as they can. Yeah, and maybe they only used a portion of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. so large. I'd like to, you know, really dig into the history a little bit more prior to it being, yeah. you know, what it is now. And, and we'll get to that here in a minute. Cause think, I about, guess. think about the um, things that go on during as a hospital. Sure. You know, the births, the deaths, the everything. And mm-hmm. so you've had so far in its history... It's been a Masonic temple, which you don't know what goes on in there. Mm-mm. And, you know, they're having their rituals. I mean, what are they conjuring up to begin with? Don't know. It's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> and then to have it as a speakeasy, having the... the um, all the vices, right? Yeah, all the vices. <laughs> having the mafia in there. Sure. Probably killed people in there. I'm sure, sure. they did, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then a hospital, mm-hmm. which also has, we know hospitals of, are extremely haunted. Sure. A lot of emotion, too. Mm-hmm. You know, happiness and sadness. Yeah. You got death and birth. Yeah. So how it became the House of Wills is the founder, John Walter Wills, he was one of Cleveland's longest running African-American businesses. Now, he had started other funeral homes and partnership with um, a guy whose last name was Gee. Now, they opened Gee and Wills, and that was originally located on a different part mm-hmm. um, of the city, but it wasn't really until 1941-ish that he settled in this permanent building that the, is now known as the House of Wills. Yeah. So, but as they opened this funeral home, this wasn't just your average funeral home of the day, right? They wanted it to be the best, the biggest. So they would have elaborately themed viewing areas and chapels. So they had several chapels, several viewing areas. The most famous 
was the Egyptian slumber rooms. So it was like yellow and blue um, space and it had big sphinx sculptures, mm-hmm. engraved columns and moldings, um, you know, like crown moldings with Egyptian motifs on it, um, hieroglyphs. So it was so, you know, here you have at the time and probably now it was the largest funeral home in Ohio yeah. and in the United States. Yeah, the biggest morgue and funeral parlor. And it is located right in between two giant cemeteries. Mm-hmm. Is it Lakeview, one of them? No. no oh, okay. Because, no. you know, we've been to Lakeview mm-hmm. a couple of times. And that's, if you guys haven't been to that one, you really, and you love cemeteries, you got to go to that one. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. But, so, you know, there was like a Grecian chapel that had like classic columns and decor. Just different, you know, elaborate. There was one called the Cloud Room. And that's on the lower level. And it was... um also used as a banquet room one time, and that's uh, one of the places that the Freemans had, you know, mm-hmm. kind of restored that before uh, before it was the funeral home. But um, it's interesting because I was think- thinking about how many people came in and went. Like, that would have been the place to be. Now, yeah. I, I don't know how expensive it would have been to have a funeral there, um, but... I mean, like if you were wanting to go out in Mm -hmm. style, they had horse-drawn hearses, you know, like fancy, you know, decorations on the horses and stuff. And then going into um, more the modern times, the 40s, 50s, uh, or I'm sorry, probably a little bit earlier than that. But they um, had a fleet of like beautiful Cadillacs and, and other hearses that if you go back and you look at the history and stuff, they're just amazing, Mm -hmm. like. They don't make them like they used no. to, right? <laughs> and they actually had a trolley car. Yeah, yeah. The, a funeral trolley car that ran up to Lakeview Cemetery wow. from the House of Wills. That's I forgot amazing. about that. That's amazing. Uh, to have your own trolley car, I don't know if they owned it, but to have a funeral trolley car that ha- carried caskets. Yeah. And nobody, who else is doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't have that anywhere else. That, w- that would have been amazing, like, to... Back, be back in that day and see that, right? Yeah. Like, here comes the trolley car with Uncle Charlie. You know, he's <laughs> going out in style. So, you know, moving through uh, the 40s, 50s into the 60s, the owner was very much a, a supporter and a proponent of um, of the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And then he, I think, ended up passing away in the 70s, like 1971, was it? Yeah, and then his... His kids actually took over the business, and one of the sons actually was murdered, not at the location. Mm -hmm. He was actually murdered somewhere else, but his wife actually took over the business from there. Okay. And she basically used it as her party place. Wow. Yeah. So when did it um, stop being a funeral home? Yeah, in 2005. But the thing is, while it was a funeral parlor and she was in charge of it, she did get in a lot of trouble mm-hmm. for different things. Like she would use the money for the funerals mm-hmm. for her own expenses. But it, from what I understand and looking at the court case that she was in, it was almost like she started to use the money for other things, but then it caught up with her. Mm-hmm. And she was using basically money 
starving Peter to pay Paul type deal thing. Oh, okay. Because trying like... to keep the the funeral parlor going. Um, there were in there during the court case, they did mention about how if you had a body that was cremated, you weren't sure if that was your actual loved ones in the urn. Oh. They had stories of body stacking down in the morgue instead of burying them. Mm-hmm. Now. There was a different location that was owned by the same family, and I believe that was the one that she was taking to court because when I looked up the news coverage, it was a small yellow building that said House of Wills on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was a completely different building, but it was still the same family, and she was really in trouble for different things mm-hmm. like that okay yeah because i was like well if that's your business you can just use your money however but you know maybe if there was other things you know maybe she was using it instead of like paying her debts or something yeah. <laughs> living and that's the, the life. thing you know it got to the point where she was using people's funeral money and not burying the bodies oh which, i see okay and using that money to pay other bills and that and just caught up with her i guess i don't know yeah but it goes back to what happens in this building. I mean, did the entities that are in that building cause her to do that? Like, was she influenced by the exactly. negativity? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's there's a lot of negativity around that area. Now, is that just is that just because of the depressed area, or, or you know this? Because of the stuff that goes on there. Sure. Or is it I mean, I've even heard of one person call it a portal. Mm. They think it's a portal. But who knows? You know, you can't. Yeah. I mean, you can't quantify a portal. No. You can't prove it. But we talk about how run down the neighborhood is and all the hauntings that go on in. And I didn't see anything that said there were hauntings why the funeral part was going on. Mm-hmm. But you would almost think there was because of the different places that sure. it's been and all the things that happened in that building. Yeah. So. Maybe nobody was just talking about it because it was such an active mm-hmm. business, yeah. right? And did the dark entities that are there cause all the problems and mm-hmm. cause the neighborhood to change like that? Who knows? Right. You wonder, you know, is that just, is that just human life or is that sparked by having something Mm -hmm. like that but you know you have funeral homes and masonic temples in every city yeah right yeah so who's to say so you know after it closed in 2005 it sat abandoned for probably um, i'm gonna say what seven eight years Mm -hmm. and along comes a gentleman named eric freeman no, Eric Freeman, according to what we read, you know, came from the Los Angeles area, but he may have lived in that area at one time and always saw the building and liked it. He purchased this building. He went to the city, probably got it because, it, you know, it was abandoned yeah. and somebody shows interest. Don't know all the particulars of, you know, his story or, or why he did that. Um, but that's kind of in general what we've sussed from our, our research. What makes this unique and why people talk about it so much is Eric is a high priest in the satanic church. Mm-hmm. Now, there was talk of two different satanic churches. There has been something spun off. So I don't know if he's from the old one or the new one. They say he's from the new one. Okay. Yeah. Him and I believe it's LeVay 
broke off from the old church and they started up this new church okay. that they consider the new satanic church. So my, you know, my question is if it's in such a bad neighborhood, right? And it's a church, you would have to have people attending, right? Is that, well, are people coming and going for like services? Is this is kind of like, I'm just throwing this out there. Like, is this like, like a, a typical storefront church or something? You have, No, I don't think it is. I think it's more of a, a gathering place. Okay. I just wondered. I, I didn't know if there was like regular attendance. Do they have masses? I don't know. Because I just don't know that much about that religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing is, too, now there's another location in Cleveland called the Franklin Castle. And I'm wondering if he owns that also because that's that was started up as a satanic neighborhood community yeah, center. I don't know. We'll have to look into that. If anybody knows, please put it on, you know, Mm -hmm. send us a DM or something. Yeah, I'm looking that up right now, and it doesn't say the owner's name. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Same Mm -hmm. city. Now, some of the paranormal activity that goes on there, Joe, what has been happening? There's a lot of dark (laughs) stuff that goes on there. Your typical stuff, REM pod action, all that kind of stuff, Um, Mm -hmm. equipment. There was a one paranormal investigator that I listen to a podcast to get some info on this and he investigated the place and he had a lot of stuff happen to him but one of the things was he set up a REM pod in one of the hallways and it would actually go off and they all everybody in his group saw a big black shadow figure wow going in there now when the ghost brothers were there they actually asked if it is if the dark entity's there and they had a REM pod action going off, mm. whether it likes REM pods, I don't know, but <laughs> I do know that Dalen was talking about when he was there, him and this girl went into the woman's bathroom because he asked what was the most haunted area in the building. And the girl told him the woman's bathroom. So they both went in there and they looked in the mirror and, and they did what she called mirror, mirror gazing. And what it is, is it's just like the um, black mirrors. You just stare at it for a little bit, but this is a regular mirror. Mm-hmm. And Dalen actually said that everything around him turned black and his reflection mm-hmm. changed. He says his reflection started smiling back at him. And it wasn't a normal smile. It was a like an ear-to-ear smile, uh-huh. almost like the smiling man. Yeah. And he That's- says he actually freaked out so much he fell on the floor. That's creepy. He didn't say anything to anybody else. He just fell on the floor, and they're like, what's wrong? The girl standing next to him said the exact same thing. She says, my reflection turned into a big smiling face. Wow. And Dalen swears to this day that he will not go back in there. Now, when we see him, in a couple months, we're going to see him at Ohio State Reformatory. I'm going to ask him about that. Yeah. Because where Ohio near Mansfield, that's closer to Cleveland. I'm going to mention it to him, see what he says. Yeah, he'd probably freak out and run. But um, he says he will not go back into that location at all. I've heard that too, that people go and they said they'll never go back. Mm-hmm. Now, we heard of people being scratched. There's people who had three scratches, um, you know, carved into their back. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who have been very, very affected. Yeah. After it's, they investigated there. The majority of people say they can't even last 30 minutes in the building without having to go out. Wow. Because something happens to them. The one person was actually went home and had an attachment so bad 
that he actually had to have his house cleansed several times right. and actually had to get himself cleansed to get that spirit out of him. He says, it's a bad place. The, the spirits do follow you home. Wow. That's strong. Yeah. That's strong energy. And, you know, when you think about it, too, is if so many people are getting attachments, I'm wondering, it made me wonder what an attachment really is. Mm-hmm. Because we'd say, well, the spirit attached to us. Well, that's, did the one spirit attach to you or did just a piece of that spirit attach to it? Because oh. it almost gets to the point where you think of, are there enough spirits there to attach to everybody? Well, I mean, it depends because, you know, if you have people going in and doing paranormal investigating in a place where they may be doing some kind of dark magic has been reported. There, well, they are. Um, the owner actually admits to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, satanic rituals or, mm-hmm. or whatever they do. Uh, obviously, that's the dark side, right? Yeah. Like. I'm not poo-pooing because it's a religion, but um, just saying, you know, there have been rapes in there. There have been murders in that building. There was a murder in um, 2009, um, not related to the building. It was related to a drug deal, but somebody got shot to death right on the front steps. Yeah. So you have a lot of dark and type energy. It sat vacant for so many years, and there were so many people in there. They ripped the building apart. Every scrap piece every piece of metal has been stripped out of mm. the building the ceiling has fell in the place was i mean graffiti everywhere yeah and like the investigator said when he went in there to do his investigation they actually had to go through and systematically clear the building make sure there was no one in there yeah you know and that's what happened to us too at remember in cleveland at our close to Cleveland yeah. in the hospital yeah, at St. Joseph's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was scary. There's a caretaker. Um, I forget her name. She's been mentioned in, you know, several of like videos on it, mm-hmm. but she was attacked by a guy who was in the building. He had an ax and yeah. he attacked her. I'm like, that's, that's scary. You know, you're the caretaker of the place and mm-hmm. you know, being female, that doesn't mean that you're any less, you know, vulnerable. Or right. Whatever. But still, you know, that that's frightening. Like, you're trying to protect this place or keep it up. Yeah. And, like, the owner, there was a man who tried to physically bind him and remove him from that building. Yeah. Because he was saying that what Eric was doing was causing the blight around it. Yeah. But Which, it was already that before yeah. he bought it because yeah. it was vacant. But they're trying to blame someone. Right. You know, and... Who knows? Like we said earlier, maybe it is the location causing the neighborhood to go down because of all the stuff that goes on there. But for years, ever since it was built, some kind of ritual has been going on in that building. Be um, really interesting to, I don't know, like see, does it lay on a ley line? Why, why did they pick, you know, why back in the 1800s into the 1900s, why did they pick that particular spot? to and build so if you would look on a map mm-hmm. or ley lines or something i'm sure the masons because they're very yep. into yep. architecture and ritual they're just not going to build the building anywhere right no. it's going to have to have some kind of significant meeting yep. and i bet you if you took a map of like your major temples masonic temples i bet you if you went from like detroit to cleveland it's going to create some kind of a symbol of some symbol sort. 
or be a part mm-hmm. or a dot on a sim. I would not be surprised yeah. because if you look, if you guys have ever dug into the symbolism of, you know, Washington, D.C., the buildings, including like the Washington Monument mm-hmm. and the White House and all those fall on a particular mapped out uh, symbol. Yeah. Of the, I think mm-hmm. it was the Masons or one of those type groups. So very yeah. interesting. And yeah, exactly. They're not just going to pick a location and just say, let's build there or find an mm-hmm. empty lot and say, let's build there. They're, that's that's what they're all about. Right. Yeah. They, there's so much thought that goes mm-hmm. into that kind of stuff and the symbolism of what was put into the building. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they could have built these things. Who knows what's in the walls you know did they fill it with quartz crystal or or you know something else that's like a magnet for well, they, whatever energy they were trying to keep or that's what i was to say they were, through there? they were building it to hold energy yeah and what kind of energy did it attract i think it attracted you know? very negative yeah um <laughs> i do know that almost every investigator that has been in there has seen shadow figures and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. And I'm sure they've seen everything. There's probably full body apparitions. There's probably, who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. you could see the D word, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't want to say it out loud. I don't want to attract any of that our way. But, you know, they're not currently letting people investigate. No. He is done with that. Yeah, right? I think he has some bad apples in there. Yeah, um, which is sad. Like, you know, it, it spoils it for the rest of the people who want to investigate those type of mm-hmm. places. Well, he started out, he bought the building and he wanted to turn it into a community building. And his intentions were actually to take people that were in prison mm-hmm. and people that vandalized buildings and all that and actually train them in the ways of making the building the way they did back in when it was originally built. Okay. So in other words, he wanted to actually train people to do plaster molding and all that stuff and construction the mm-hmm. way that it was done. And then his ultimate dream was to branch out into the neighborhoods and find the houses that can be saved and okay. have these people that he trained actually rebuild the neighborhood mm-hmm. in the old style because he said in the video that I watched him do the interview is he said that back when these houses and back when this building was built, they built them to last and not like they right. do nowadays, which only things only last 20 or 30 years. Right. So he wanted to actually take the neighborhood, take the criminals in the neighborhood, retrain them in this building to become craftsmen of that era. That's interesting. But it didn't turn out that way. He, it's now he wants to turn in the latest I heard was an art gallery and I did see a video on the kind of art that is in there now Mm -hmm. and it is it's dark okay it's all dark and which is gonna bring up more dark stuff right right that's you know it's interesting because so many cities now are um you know you like Detroit Worst crime in the world. And now if you go downtown Detroit, it's like you've got Chanel, you've got, you know, all of these major, major um, high end designer stores Mm -hmm. in a place where 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was, you know, selling drugs and killing people right on the street. Now they still have that. Don't get me wrong. But 
most of that is being pushed out mm-hmm. and people are redeveloping the neighborhoods. The old buildings are now becoming uh, super expensive yeah. lofts, right? Like you can get a $400,000 townhome in the middle of Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because years ago, back when the band was called Six Second Crush, mm-hmm. we did a show downtown in this corner lot. It was a big empty field uh-huh. and it was a corner lot place, little bar. And I remember the owner of the bar telling me, see those houses over there? You need to go buy some of those houses. Oh, he says, gosh. they're selling those houses for a dollar a piece. And he says, in uh, 10 years or whatever, this place is going to be a giant stadium. And sure enough, yeah. now it is the, Port. the what do you call it? The, Port, Port Field? No, the other one where they do the hockey. Oh, uh, Joe Lu- not Joe Lewis. Uh, um, Little Caesars Arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is where the Detroit Red Wings play. Wow. And I was like, why would I want to buy buildings in Detroit? Well, where that property <laughs> is that he was talking about is now million-dollar properties. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. But, you know, maybe, who knows, maybe something like that would be able to turn around. But it's funny because if you guys go back and listen to our podcast where we interviewed Dale and Spratt from the Ghost Brothers the first time, we asked him what is the craziest place or the most scariest place or the place you'd never mm-hmm. go back to. And he's like, the house of wills in Cleveland. Yeah. He's like, now how are you going to put a center for the, the Satanist uh, center in the middle of the hood? And yeah. he's like, yeah, little black children going to the Satanist uh, you know, yeah. daycare or whatever. I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> we get it. Right. We get it. But that's what the guy had in mind though. When he bought the place. Sure. He wanted to fix up the neighborhood. He mm-hmm. wanted to help the people. But now that people are running him out because they think that because of the stuff that he's doing there is causing all this problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dalen, I think he was the one he called it the devil's Airbnb. Yeah. Or somebody he did. did. And um, I looked and I swore I saw that you could run it out as an Airbnb for $200 a night. But. I would not recommend nah. like going in the neighborhood. I'm not trying to poo-poo their business or anything, you know, don't sue me. But <laughs> um, you know, I don't I don't know if that's true, but man, oh man, that's that's pretty scary. I wonder uh, how much it's fixed up because all the videos that I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I did a research on this on the web and I you know, looked at some YouTube videos about it too, and everything in the YouTube videos are all where it's dilapidated. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. And I know he's been working on it, so mm-hmm. maybe I it is fixed up. I guess put a roof on it. That helped. Um, but, you know, that's the thing. So you you need money to fix up. Yeah. And, and get them in conditions where people can come in. But if you're not doing, like, paranormal investigations, like, how are you making your money, right? Yeah. Like. Well, that's where I think, you know, with him making it into the Church of Satan, mm-hmm. I think he's making money through that. Probably. But. but the, Passing the collection plate. Yeah. The devil needs some money. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the hauntings that go on there were just so amazing. And like I said, I don't know what it looks like now, but a few years ago, you walked in there and there were caskets everywhere. There was mm-hmm. urns with ashes in them still everywhere. I do know that the one case, the um, news broadcast I saw. Mm-hmm. The lady showed that there was all the files still there of all the families, all their information. Wow. You know, so. That's incredible. But as hauntings go, it is one of the very most haunted places I've heard of. And looking at the different 
things that happen to people. Like I said, most investigators, when they investigated the place, couldn't stay in there for over 30 minutes or so, or they had to get out. I know that the um, the one investigator, he says he was in there and he started feeling really crappy. And he started getting really mad. And he actually had a vision of himself pulling out a gun and shooting the person next to him <gasps> in as you know, one of his paranormal investigator buddies. Wow. You know, in his mind, he just mm-hmm. pictured himself doing that, like a video he said. And that same person said that it was a, in July when they were there, and all of a sudden the room got so cold he could see his breath, and he, they said he have his on, has that on video. Wow. And it was like 90 degrees that day, and there's no air conditioning yeah. there. So, yeah, that's that's pretty scary. But you have, you had that happen, didn't you, where you saw your breath? We were somewhere. Was it in the basement of St. Joseph's? I don't remember. Oh, there was somewhere. Hmm. And it was summer. Yeah. I remember that. If anywhere, it would have been St. Joseph's. Yeah. Most likely. Mm -hmm. Which is in Cleveland or the Cleveland area. Yeah. It's probably not far from, you know, probably Mm -hmm. 30 miles from that building. Interesting. Very interesting. It kind of makes you wonder what about, what is with Cleveland? You know, in our minds or in my mind, Cleveland's always been a dump. And I've been watching some videos because I'm getting into, you know, I'm trying to find different bike trails to ride this year. And most of the most of the videos on bike trails are in Cleveland, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you have a mix because in the Industrial Revolution, you had so many factories mm-hmm. along Cleveland, you know, Toledo, Cleveland, because this, you know, on Lake Erie, it had the gateway to go out into the mm-hmm. ocean, right? So you had um, salt mines, uh, coal mines, uh, steel plants, and then, you know, the Great Depression hit, and then it became a depressed area. So, you know, you had this buildup and all these people, and then they lose their jobs, and then there's the decline. Mm-hmm. And and who's putting money into it, right? Yeah. So you have this urban area next to, you know, a forest, you know, basically a forest. It's the Cuyahoga Valley. Yeah. So you have industrial area, depressed, urban blight next to this giant valley mm-hmm. with lush, you know, greenery. Who knows? I mean, it's all quartz under there, too. Yeah. Quartz and limestone. So it's going to attract energy mm-hmm. who knows what kind of energy could be a portal yeah could be on a ley line bigfoot could live in Cuyahoga <laughs> Forest. i don't know probably he's been sighted there i'm sure <laughs> but yeah i mean what the house of wills being built where it is having rituals all this time being a hospital all this stuff now being used as a satanic church type deal place yeah. and black magic still still goes on still and he goes admits on it there. yeah so what is what spirits are being drawn to this location and how many spirits are in this location? I can only imagine how many spirits are in this location. Yeah, because you have all the people that died. Mm-hmm. You have things that have been attracted to that. You probably have things that have been conjured. So you could have ghosts. You could have negative energies. Mm-hmm. You energy. could have shadow people. You <laughs> Just the gamut of everything. People's remains are still there. Yeah. In the urns that, you know. The, mm-hmm. uh, are they bound there because their physical remains are yeah. there? Who knows? Mm-hmm. And who knows what's in the place that he doesn't even know about? Being a 50,000 <laughs> yeah. square foot building, yeah, there could be things hidden in places. And, and you don't know. Like, 
what type of rituals have gone on mm-hmm. there? You know, like I, I, how many different types? What are, what exactly is the point of the ritual, right? Yeah. Is it to conjure a negative energy, ener- entity, mm-hmm. negative energy, a demon, or Satan himself? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? And if that is a safe place for the entities, mm-hmm. If they're conjured there, do are they bound inside that building? And if somebody comes in, is that their portal to get out? That's possible too. I mean, that might be why people are getting so many attachments is the spirits are just trying to get out. Right. And <laughs> maybe that's the only way they can get out. We don't mm-hmm. know, right? We don't know what the, um, the whole uh, attachment thing is. <laughs> it's so interesting. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But... Guys, if you have been there, let us know. We would love to hear what you've experienced. Let, yeah, let us know what your experience is. Call, in, call or DM us if you guys want to be on the show and talk about your experience at the House of Wills, Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, let us know what your investigations in Cleveland has brought up because who knows? I mean, looking at the map here, the Franklin Castle is only five miles away from the house of wills that's interesting you know so who knows guys if you've been there let us know yeah so we'll wrap up the show guys yeah hopefully we didn't scare you too much (laughs) (laughs) yeah let us know your experiences if you have experienced anything and if you have did have have did have 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 if you've done an investigation there like jen said let us know because obviously now you can't go in there and have He's not open to any investigations now, but he was at one time. Yeah. So maybe your crew has been in there. Let us know. But thanks, guys, for listening again this week. And yes. as always, like and share our show. It's the only way we can get our uh, faithful listeners to get their friends to listen. I mean, come on. We, w- we want to go global here. So <laughs> if you share and they share and they share and they share, eventually we will be all around the globe. And yes. I'm sorry, Joe, but something just flashed outside your window. Oh, probably That's, a cat or something. I don't know. No, it was weird. It was almost like lightning. Oh. Ooh. Spooky. spooky. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Let's leave with some Decepticon by Dead and Five. And remember, get up on our website right below that play button. Click on that link for Jen's Poshmark page yeah, and buy some really good deals on clothing. Yeah. Bye-bye, everybody.